The Metal Mentality Podcast is brought to you in partnership with AM300 and the Phoenix Project. For more information on both, check out am300.com slash metal. I felt alone. Like I was trapped in a cold, dark room. I will be the last to fall. It seemed as if I felt a ray of light. In a world overwhelmed by darkness, how does one move into the light? And it gave me the strength to break free. Hell has lost its power. Be metal and stay metal with consistency. Continually choosing to make choices for a better future. Fortitude. Having courage while overcoming obstacles. Grit. Perseverance of effort combined with passion while working towards being better today than you were yesterday. Once I broke free, I never intended on going back. But I had made a promise that if I ever found my way out, I would return and fight to liberate those still trapped inside. Rest assured, I will be the last to give up. These are metal-minded individuals, and these are their stories. You're listening to the Metal Mentality Podcast. Now, here's your host, Preston Ewell. Welcome to another episode of the Metal Mentality Podcast. If you're listening to this, you just heard our new show introduction and man i am so pumped up every time i hear that that just gets me going and today i'm bringing you a guest who says he's just a normal guy and i disagree because i think he is extraordinary and he has been in the pits of his own version of hell he has suffered he has struggled he has changed his life from addiction to inspiring other people and coaching them and working with them one-on-one to be the best version of themselves. And he is on his way to becoming the best version of himself. And I truly believe that every day he is better than he was yesterday. Today, we're going to have a conversation with Jason Byme. Jason, how are you, man? Thank you so much for those kind words. I mean, I'm, I'm truly honored and humbled. Anytime I, I'm invited to come on a show, it's, it's, it's awesome. It's inspiring. It's humbling. And, and thank you for those kind words. I, I don't look at myself like anything like that. So thank you for saying those kind things. Oh, yeah. You're, well, I believe them. And you're welcome. Um, first of all, let's get something clear. Um, you weren't invited to come on this podcast. You invited yourself. That's and- very true. <laughs> That's very true. It's about, back in March, I got a message in my inbox. And it said, hey, I'm Jason Byme. Uh, I've been through a lot, and uh, I'll let, we'll talk about that later. But he said, I'd, I'd like to share my story. Can, would you be interested in having me on your podcast? And my initial response was, eh, I don't know. Because um, I've had people approach me before, and as I've done research on them, 
they just want to promote themselves. They're not trying to help anybody else. They're trying to grow their business. They're being narcissistic. I've had a lot of people do that. And so I guess I kind of made an assumption and I was like, yeah, okay. Yeah, let's talk. And uh, I I didn't have time to schedule a phone call with you uh, because I was getting ready, going to my annual training and then COVID hit. And then this podcast just about fell apart and we had to put everything on hold and we had to take a sabbatical. And, um, and during that time, we use we use that time to reevaluate how we're going about the show, and um, so I decided I need to take the show in a different direction, not so much focus on the successes people have had, but focus more on the pain and the struggle. Because right now, there are a lot of people hurting out there. And there's one thing that we all have in common in this life, and it's that we will die, and we will suffer to some extent or another. So as I thought about this, I, I questioned, why don't we talk about how we overcome suffering? Why don't we put ourselves into a position where we can empathize with other people and relate to them more? Why do we not talk about failures and suffering and we focus on success? And so that, and then so, I was like, I'm the sh- we need to focus on that more. That's the way I wanted to take the- these interviews. And I woke up in the morning and I had a message from you, Jason. Hey, are you still interested in having me on the show? I said, yeah, sure. Give me a call. So later that day we had a call. And from in the first five minutes of our conversation, I- it was just confirmation that that's what I need to do with the show because your story is something that I personally relate to so much. And I find it truly inspiring. And um, let's just jump right into it, man. Start with your childhood. Where did you grow up? What was your home life like? And, and take it from there. Sure. So I'll, we'll, we'll dive right in. So I'm a self-proclaimed average Joe, nobody special. You know, these people are looking at my name and my picture and like, who the hell is this guy? Like I said, I'm just an average Joe. Put my, pan, my, my pants on one leg at a time like everybody else. Grew up 25 miles outside of New York City in essentially the perfect family upbringing. You know, I have two sisters, parents were super supportive. We never wanted or needed for anything. You, you would think I, I with that, pers- that, that uh, upbringing, I wouldn't have suffered a lot, but I'm someone who's been essentially suffering, failing, overcoming, conquering since I was born. So I'm not the strongest, the tallest, the fastest, the smartest by any means. I've had to work super hard for everything that I've accomplished and failed at in my life. So you know, growing up, I've had this intense, deep-rooted need and desire to be liked and, and accepted. And the reason for that being is because deep down, I'm naturally insecure in my own skin. So that led me down a positive path and led me to sports, right? Sports is a great outlet for kids to learn all these essential tools and skill building that, that you know, these kids need to learn and live by, you know, uh, competition, leadership, overcoming struggles, Uh, how to better yourself, all these things. So, you know, once my sports uh, career, if you could even call it a career, ended, I I needed another outlet to be liked and accepted. And that's when my suffering journey really went down a deep path. So the sports ended, that brought me down the drug and the drug rabbit hole. And I went deep down this dark rabbit hole. You would think the bottom for me was when I was – in the projects of New York city, trying to get some drugs and I'm staring down the barrel of a nine millimeter. You would think that would be the bottom of the barrel for me. That wasn't even the darkest moment for me. 
in that moment, I wanted it even more because it was like this unattainable object I couldn't reach. It was like this golden goose I couldn't reach. So I went down the rabbit hole even further. And I'm the type of guy who's a type A, go, go, go. You know, I need all these people to like me and accept me. So I would do all, all the drugs. I would buy the drugs for all, all my friends. And that's what I thought I needed to uh, get accepted because I thought that's all anyone liked me for. So the, the turning point for the drugs with me wasn't a, a part of my own doing. It was from my first girlfriend. She said, hey, if you don't stop doing the drugs, I'm going to leave you. So I said, okay, no problem. I don't want to lose my first girlfriend. So I'll stop doing the drugs. So I kicked the drug habit, but this is where my story takes an even worse turn. I wasn't ready to make a change. So all I did was essentially morph this drug habit into an even worse habit. And that habit for me was food. And that's the addiction that really knocked me on my behind. So I went down this even deeper, darker rabbit hole for about five years, suffered through crippling anxiety, depression, suicidal thoughts, and food was my comfort. Food was my drug of choice. Even though I wasn't in jail, I was essentially, you know, a slave and I was imprisoned in my own hell, in my own physical, mental, emotional hell, trapped in my own body. And long story short, over a span of about five years, I gained about 150 pounds. And uh, yeah, I ended up being over 300 pounds. And the turning point there for me was seeing my college graduation picture. You know, the mind is really a funny and a tricky thing. Whenever I would look in the mirror, I would tell myself what I wanted to hear because I was in denial. I would tell myself, oh, you're looking pretty good today. You know, I knew I had a few extra pounds on me, but I didn't think I was morbidly obese. Like I said, I'm not the, the tallest by any means. I'm 5'7", so they used to call me 5x5, five, five, 5 feet tall, 5 feet wide. And I'm telling you all these things because I don't, I'm not trying to impress you, but I'm trying to impress upon you that you can come out of the depths of despair and rise out of the ashes like the phoenix and become better. You can change your life. So in May 2011, I saw my college graduation picture and I said, enough was enough. Time to make a change. So it was in that moment that I realized I found my why. And it was time for me to climb out of the, the dark hole. And, you know, with the help of my family, I enlisted some doctors, uh, some physicians, some weight loss coaches. I actually ended up having uh, weight loss surgery, which I thought was a quick fix drug. Most people do. You know, I'm looking for this life hack, the, the quick fix. Everyone wants these 90 second abs, you know, lose 20 pounds in 20 days. The first two months of my weight loss journey, I thought the same thing. I thought I could just rely on the weight loss uh, surgery and that was going to be it. A couple people that I went along this journey with, they actually ended up gaining weight during this transformation and they had to get the weight loss surgery replaced and removed. I decided to go all in. I went on to lose over 130 pounds with the help of, of doctors and physicians and supportive family and in the process really transformed my entire life and, and my entire outlook on life. And now uh, just recently launched my own coaching brand, Jump Above Boundaries, and I'm, I'm using my, my past experiences of how I've overcome and conquered all this adversity to help others to become their tier one peak performance self because a lot of people are just going through the motions in life. Why would you want, not want to live at your highest optimal performance? And that's what I'm trying to do with Jump Above Boundaries. Man, like I was saying, like, I relate to your story so well. And I wrote down some of the reasons why. Because you use some of the words that I use and the sayings that I say almost verbatim. Some of them are verbatim. So growing up, I was extremely insecure. I had this deep-rooted desire to need to be accepted and valued. Because I didn't get that, it led me to addiction. 
Um, I screwed around with some drugs. I drank way too much when, before I was even 21. Uh, I describe what I went through as I was in my, my own version of hell. That's something you said. Uh, you said food was your drug of choice. I have said that pornography was my drug of choice because it, I didn't have to, I could just check out. Didn't have to deal with what I was feeling. You, um, you found your why. I've said that when you find the power of your why, you're unstoppable. So it's what I guess what I'm getting at is it's not a coincidence that you reached out to me. And it's not a coincidence that you're wearing a metal mentality t-shirt right now. And I am wearing a jump above boundaries t-shirt right now. We it's made like this said, <laughs> It's like I said, pre-recorded. It's like we just finished a football game. We swapped jerseys. <laughs> right. Yeah. I know. Like after I got off that phone call with you, I think the last thing I said to you was, I need you to be a part of whatever I'm doing. I need to be a part of your, need you to be a part of my team. And this is where it's going to start. I don't know where it's going to go, but I relate to what you're saying so much. I know that there are other people out there who relate to it too, not just because of the words and the verbiage that you're using, the phrases that you're using, but because you and I aren't the only people that are insecure and have this desire to be liked and needed to be accepted. Right. Everyone has insecurities at some point in their life, throughout their life and all throughout their life. And those insecurities will change. And so I want to talk about that first. Um, describe what it was like emotionally for you when you weren't being accepted. How did you feel? So I was always the guy who was uncomfortable in my own skin. I couldn't even look myself in the mirror because my skin was crawling because I was so uncomfortable. And the only way for me to feel accepted was to blend into, into a group of friends that would accept me. And the only way I thought that was, I was able to do that was through purchasing the drugs or, you know, buying people things. I was basically trying to buy my own affection and my, you know, acceptance. And the reason for that was because I have this deep rooted insecurity thinking that nobody likes me for me. Why would anyone like me, this average Joe, who's just been, you know, going through struggle after struggle. And, you know, it's, we're pack animals by nature. Uh, the book Tribe by Sebastian Younger is a great, great book to, talking about how like we don't need to go it alone. Humans are pack animals by nature. So me, I was never comfortable in my own skin and I was never comfortable enough to sit alone in my own thoughts. That's why I needed this deep rooted need to be accepted and liked by others. And it was just validation. And it was, it was an, an early form of a drug for me being accepted. That was my first form of drug. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I've been there, man. Uh, when I was I'm not comparing situations or anything, but just to, to relate to what you're saying, I, I, I belong to the moment. I belong to whoever would accept me. And I had no sense of, uh, I lived a life of, of self betrayal because I never honored who I was because I didn't know. Because at some point in my childhood, I shut off my emotions. So I belonged to the moment. And that got me in a lot of trouble, too. Is it, do you feel like, um, was there a, a moment you realized that you had this deep, that you that like things changed for you? Or was there, when you were th that little kid that hadn't been tainted by society and, the, and school and kids and 
um, your ego started to form. Was there a, a time you can reference that when your ego started or is it, was it commun- just a, a accumulation of um, events? It was, it was a long accumulation of events, but essentially once I learned to subordinate my ego, that's when my life started to change because once that happened, I stopped living for others and I started living for myself. Once I finally accepted who I was and I'm comfortable now in my own skin, that's when I started to make the change. But it wasn't until that happened that I could make that change because I was always living for others. I was always living to please others because that was my form of acceptance. And, you know, I was the guy who made up for my unfortunate situation of being morbidly obese by having a massive ego. I was the guy who was the loudest in the room. You, you got to watch out for those people because those are the most insecure people because they always need to be liked and accepted. I was the guy that, you know, wore all the flashy materialistic things. Now I'm much more subdued. I'm, I'm more quiet. I'm the guy that's kind of in the back of the room, kind of observing, taking everything in and I'm detached. So really once I read this book, it's called Ego is the Enemy by Ryan Holiday. Basically all it says is ego is the root of all issues. And the underlying cause of all your issues is you. And once I realized that I had to tackle myself to, to make a change for the better, that's when my trajectory started taking off and my life started changing. Yeah. Uh, the ego is, uh, it's your friend when, when, you've, when you don't know who you are. Absolutely. But as you start to understand who you are, uh, you realize that it's just a bunch of crap you've put together to protect you. And the goal, I think, for all, all of us to really understand who we are is we got we to gotta understand what our ego looks like and how it manifests in our life, in our actions, in our words, in our thoughts. But once you lose it or you you understand what it looks like, you can start to lose it. You can leave it behind. And that's when you really start to become the real authentic version of yourself. And that's scary these days to be authentic because, you know, a lot of people look at, you know, social media, look at social media, for example, right? All you see is the brochure. All you see are the shredded six pack abs, the perfect life. You know, people are not going through any types of issues. You're not seeing the journey you're only seeing the destination and it's a, it's a brochure. It's, it's all fake. You know, it, it's not about the journey. It's not about the destination. It's about the journey because it's in those moments when you're wading through the suck and going through the hard times, that's when the most intense rapid regrowth occurs. And that's when you're going to learn the most about yourself. Yeah. I've, I've said, uh, one of the first things that when I was trying to create this podcast and articulate it and write it down, and shape the, the format and my, the, my mission statement was that stop comparing yourself to where other people are in life, right? We compare ourselves to others and, and we, the, the destination that they're at, right? But what I've learned is that the destination is a mirage and doesn't exist. And if you're chasing the destination, you're racing what? You're racing to what? Nothing. There's no end. There's nothing. Yeah. You know, and you'll never find uh, 
contentment, fulfillment, happiness, all mm-hmm. these things. You'll never find enlightenment and you're just going through the motions at that point. Yeah. And you're not living for yourself. When you, when you say it's about the journey, I'd say, I'd say it, and it's not about the destination. It's about the journey to finding a process that works for you that allows you to continually grow. That's what we should be striving for is not an imaginary destination, but finding the process that works for us. And that's, that's the key thing about high, you know, high performers and, and people who are operating at their peak performance. They understand that it's in all throughout the process, all throughout the habits. It, it's, it's conquering those small things that's going to make the difference in your life. It, it's not about making these life-altering, life-changing transformations overnight. All you have to do is focus on stacking these little itty bitty wins, stacking them on top of each other. And as you do that, you're going to conquer each of these wins and they're going to stack and accumulate into an overall larger win. So just keep, you know, harping on it. It's, it's about the journey. It's about going through it. It's actually going through it and doing the things that you don't want to do, especially when you don't want to do them. Because when you're pushing yourself, that's when you're going to grow. That's when you're going to find the most about yourself. That's when you learn how to be consistent. Consistency is key in everything in life. Oh, absolutely. The, the tagline for the show is consistency, fortitude, and grit. Be better than you were yesterday. Man. And that's, that's who you need to compare yourself to, not to others. All you need to do is be better than you were yesterday. Compare yourself to your former self because all of our past experiences, they shape who we are today. So all you have to do is be a 1% better than you were yesterday and you're on a trajectory that's going to change your life for the better. Mm-hmm. And if you find yourself not that like, uh, I kind of might've took a couple steps back. That's okay. Change it. When you find yourself not being better than you were yesterday, what do you do to change that? That's a great question. I used to be the guy who, if I fell off the wagon, I would let that be my excuse. I would say, oh, I fell off. Now everything's going to, you know, everything's going sideways. My, my workouts are suffering. You know, I had a, a slice of pizza last night or a burger or a beer or whatever. A lot of people use that as, a, as an excuse and then it, they use it as a springboard. So not for positivity though, they use it as a springboard for negativity and they use that as their reason to continue with behavior that they know is not bettering themselves. So it's okay to fall off the path. We're humans. We're not robots. It's in those moments when you're going to learn the most about your journey. It's in those moments when you're going to learn from your mistakes and you're going to grow from them. It's okay. What I do is I tell myself, okay, live in the moment. Like we keep saying, if you fell off, off the path, that's fine. Accept that tomorrow's a better day. Get right back on the path, but don't use it as a springboard to, to use that as an excuse for behavior that you know is not bettering yourself. Am I talking to in the mirror right now? Cause man, I feel like this is like, you're, you're sharing the, my message I've been trying to say just from a, a different, a little bit of a different perspective. I'm, I'm loving this, man. Thank you so much. <laughs> so what, what does your process look like? And what are so, you talking about? You had doctors and coaches and family members helping you. What does your process look like that you arrived at and who inspired it and what inspi- what is it inspired by? So this, this was a, a, a long drawn out journey. So this was a 10 plus year transformation for me. And even still to this day, 
even though you know I've changed my entire outlook on life in the process of this of this transformational journey, every day is still a struggle. Like I said, I'm just an average Joe. Like I, I have to focus on putting one foot in front of the other and just conquering that task. So what I try and do in every aspect of my life is break things down into manageable bite-sized chunks. Because you know, when I was going through my my weight loss journey, if I said, Oh my goodness, I need to lose 130 pounds. You know, that could have been looked at as an unsurmountable goal. What we want to do is make goals into goals that are smart and it's an acronym and it's basically goals, you know, a framework of how you make your goals. And this could, could, you know, be used in every aspect of your life. So you want goals to be smart. You want them to be specific. You want them to be measurable. You want them to be attainable or achievable. You want them to be relevant and you want them to be timely because we want to make sure that these goals we're striving forward to conquer our goals and goals. Like I keep saying, don't need to be these life-changing transformations. Your goal in the moment could be make sure you don't trip over your two feet, put your left foot in front of your right foot. Then stacking goals on top of that could be chewing gum and walking at the same time. You know, so all we have to do is continuously focus on goals, manageable goals, break them down into goals that are, easily attainable because the the thing about goals is you don't want to make them so difficult that you become discouraged. You want to make goals attainable so that you can reach them and you could stack wins on top of each other because, you know, life is, is, is tough. Life is tough. And especially these days we're being bombarded with negativity. You know, a a simple thing to do is try and see the good in every single situation and one of the, the main influences on me is, is uh, retired Navy SEAL Jocko Willink. He's got the Jocko podcast, the Discipline Equals Freedom banner above here. Basically, what, what he's instilled in me is that the more disciplined you will be in your life, the more freer you'll be. So a lot of people think that a, a structured life or a disciplined life is not living life. But once I structured my goals into SMART goals, I realized that I had more freedom because I was disciplined. All right. Wow. There's so many nuggets right there. <laughs> like that's a gold mine uh, to, to pay your way to success. If you can mine this out, I want to go back to this acronym. I want you, if you're listening to this right now, as long as you are not driving, I want you to take out your phone. I want you to get a piece of paper and a pen or if you are extremely good at memorizing things and you are driving, I want you to, Jason, I want you to spell that out for us again, slowly, because I'm gonna write this down too, and I encourage everybody else to, this is the key to freedom. This is the key to open the first door to get out of your own hell. So Jason, can you start with that again? What is it? Absolutely, so it's, it's the SMART acronym, and, and this is, basically the structure of how you want to make your goals, every single goal in your life. So if you smell it, spell it down smart, you want your goals to be specific. You want them to be measurable. You want them to be achievable. You want your goals to be relevant and timely. So it's a, it's a quick acronym and, and you could apply this to every single aspect of your life, every single goal. It doesn't matter how big or small, this is an acronym you could use to make sure you're successful in achieving your goals. Okay. Give me the R and the T again, because I was thinking about what you said, because it was so powerful. So, so it's the specific. R, 
Yep. Oh, specific, measurable. measurable, achievable. Yep. And then what? Relevant, relevant. Okay. And timely. So the R is relevant. Is the goal worthwhile? And will it fulfill your needs? Is each goal consistent with your aligned values? That's what the relevancy part is. And then timely, you want to make sure your goal is able to be completed in a timely manner. It'll establish a sense of urgency and prompt you to have better time management as you're accomplishing your goals. Dude, that's powerful. Okay. Um, we're going to come back to this. There's something you said, value. We're going to come back to that, but timely. Why timely? Because, so this goes back to stacking small wins. You don't want to have a goal that's so large and outlandish that you can't accomplish it. But you can have the overall framework of a long-term goal. So like for me, I knew my weight loss journey was not going to be done overnight. If I looked and I said, oh my goodness, I need to lose 130 pounds, it, it, that could feel insurmountable. But I knew I wanted to do it in under a year. So you have to be timely and set specific guidelines for when you want to accomplish your goal because then you're setting yourself up with parameters of when you can complete that task. I ended up actually losing 130 pounds in about 10 months. So I came in two months underneath, you know, underneath my stated goal. Wow. Oh man. So relevant. You said, is it worth while to pursue and is it aligned with your values? And this is where I want to ask you is what do you value most? Wow. So in at jump above boundaries, I've essentially created this discipline model. So discipline equals freedom. Like Jocko says above, but in going back to values, I've created another acronym for discipline. And these are all values that peak performers, high performance, you know, people live by in their everyday life. So if we just go down and spell it down. Hey, hold D on, hold on, hold on one second. Yep. So are you saying you value discipline? Yes. Discipline okay. is what I value most because that's going to give me freedom in my life. Okay. So again, get your phone out get your pen and paper and go through this slow. You went too fast last time because people who are going to be thinking about this just like I was is like, Whoa, I'm like, wait, wait, what did he just say? Cause, cause dude, you, you, you've got, this needs to be a Ted talk. This message, this needs to be a, a book. You've got big things in the work, man. And I'm so glad that, that we are friends and that I get to be a part of this with you. So discipline, Spell it down. All right. And this is the model that I've created at Jump Above Boundaries. And like I said, these are the values that peak performers live by in their everyday life. So if we just spell across the discipline, right? D is dominate in every area of your life. So D is dominate. The I is integrity. The S is self-accountability. C is conquer and overcome. Slow down, slow down. Because if you're driving, you're, you're not going to type this fast. No, for sure. <laughs> Don't drive and type. Okay. Don't drive and so. type. <laughs> and <laughs> after, after this, you come over to Jump Above Boundaries, we'll walk you through the entire yeah, model. Yeah. So. Okay. okay. So, so what are we up to? We're up to the second I. And we're on, on uh, self-accountability. Yep, self-accountability. So then we'll go to the C, which is conquer and overcome. The next I is internal motivation. 
P is pride. L is leadership of yourself and others. The third I is improve always. And my two favorite, the N and the E is never quit and embrace the suck. Because when you're embracing the suck and you're going through hard times and you don't quit, that's when you learn the most about yourself. And that's where the most intense rapid regrowth occurs. And that is a model that I built out at Jump Above Boundaries. All right. If you are not already dying to join his program, you're not paying attention to what he's saying. You are not understanding the message. Go back to the beginning of this episode and listen to it again. Because the things that you're talking about, this is very similar to how I found my way out of hell. And I've been saying this for the past couple months that we will all experience our own version of hell. We will all suffer to the point where we feel like we are in hell, but the way out is the same for all of us. This he's talking about these acronyms here. The, this, this is the way out. If you are in hell right now, if you feel like you are in hell, it can't get any worse as you're suffering beyond anything you can articulate and you're contemplating why am I trying and you're thinking about taking your own life right now this is how you change that I promise you this works because it worked for me for 17 years I struggled with addiction this is how I got out. Not, not verbatim, but this model, following these things and instilling these values in my life and honoring, my, honoring them and every day checking in and holding myself accountable and saying, did I live these values? It's the accountability piece, the discipline, the, dis, the willingness to be uncomfortable. Because if you have discipline, you will be, you'll choose to be uncomfortable. You're not going to run from it. Hey, everyone. I just want to take a minute to tell you about an amazing nonprofit organization doing incredible things for others. As you may remember, I had the privilege of interviewing Kirsty Ennis in episode 18. She is an individual with some true grit and just some real metal. And she wants to give that same mentality to other people who are struggling. The Kirsty Ennis Foundation's mission statement is to inspire individuals to stubbornly climb the mountain in front of them. We aim to show the world that we control our circumstances. They do not control us. This is awesome. That's what this entire show is about. It's about finding that mountain in front of you and overcoming it. Using what you're struggling with as a catalyst to become a better version of yourself. What's really cool about this foundation as well is they have 100% volunteer-based staff. Nobody gets paid, no salary. All the money that is donated to the foundation goes to the programs that they have to take people outdoors and use outdoors and mountain climbing as a process for healing and becoming better versions of themselves. So what they do is they financially support other deserving nonprofits through a grant application cycle that they do. And when they go on these climbs in these other countries, these mountain climbs, they recycle medical devices such as wheelchairs and prosthetics for the local people who live in the countries where they're doing these climbs in the mountains. It's incredibly awesome. 
I encourage you to check out their website, www.kirstyennisfoundation.com. See if this is the right fit for you, if this is something you would like to donate and be a part of to change the lives of other people. But I got to ask you, where did you hit, get the term embrace the suck for? Where, what, uh, where, where did you hear that from? So that's basically that that's a military term, but I, you know, came up with that because I've essentially been embracing the suck along this entire journey. You know, a lot of people now, anytime that they have any type of adversity, they're going to run away from it. But it, it's the, the special people who grab a hold of that and embrace the hard times. Those are the people who are going to be on a trajectory towards the moon because they know nothing can stop them because they've gone through the difficult times. They've come out the other side better for it. You know, and I, again, I tell you my story because I use it as a springboard to show other people, average Joes and Janes, just like me, you know, who, if you're feeling stuck in life, you don't need to go it alone. I've gone through the difficult times. I've embraced the suck throughout my life and I can help you go through it. I can help you be your accountability partner. I could be your motivational partner. I could be there for you every step of the way because you don't need to go it alone. If you feel like you're alone, if you're stuck, you come over to us, you come over to Jump Above Boundaries. We give everyone a free 30-minute complimentary consultation session in the beginning to see if we're a good fit to work together. And we'd love to work with you. What, is, what has been the one of the... Uh the cornerstones that you have laid that has allowed you to stay consistent and improve? So you need someone, not someone, you need a group to hold you accountable. And I talk about all the time with my clients about having a board of directors and that's just people who influence you in every aspect of your life. So you can have an internal board of directors and an external board of directors. So your internal board of directors is everyone who's in your circle of influence who directly affects you, be it your family, your friends, you know, people who are in your life. All you have to do is show me the five people that you surround yourself with. And I'll show you exactly who you are because your network is your net worth. Mm. I'll say that again. Your network is your net worth. So what I've done in this transformational journey is try and surround myself with people who are better than me because you want to emulate the people you're around. That's just, you know, human nature. And if I surround myself with people who are negatively influencing me or, you know, in a worse station in life, naturally you're going to fall to the level of those people, right? You're going to fall to the level of your training. But what you want to do is, Surround yourself with people who are better than you, who are, you know, more well off than you are, who are firing on all cylinders in every aspect of your life, because those are people you want to emulate. Those are people you want to, you know, you want in your corner. You need to constantly strive to better yourself. And what I keep going back to is you don't need to go it alone. You know, no one's been a success by themselves. There's always been a group of people who have held them accountable and that's what we could be at Jump Above Boundaries for you. We can be your internal board of directors. Now, your external board of directors is everybody else. You know, social media influencers, you know, influential podcasts you listen to, the news. You need to make a conscious decision to surround yourself 
with positivity because we're being bombarded by negativity these days. And there is positivity out there. You just need to look for it a little harder, but surround yourself with people who make you better, who constantly strive to improve themselves and get rid of that negativity in your life. And you don't need to go it alone. Find that board of directors to shape your life and build you up. Yeah. It's kind of like having a sponsor in an addiction recovery program. That's you have exactly someone it. and then, and then going to group meetings, right? That's so exactly having it. someone directly, you can call when you're struggling to help hold you accountable and then having others to influence you and learn from. And, uh, Remember talking about how to get out of hell? Yep. This is another piece. This is another key to unlock another door because there's not just one door. There's a lot of doors you got to unlock to get your way out of there. Who, who's been the most influential person that has helped you get to where you're at? So in my internal board of directors, it's, it's really everyone that I surround myself with. So I really did an audit on my entire life. And I basically cut out the people, places, and things that were not positively influencing me. I've had multiple different mentors throughout my life and they've changed. Um, you know, my first mentor and the first person I wanted to be like, this just will go back to and give you an idea of the type of person I used to be was Gordon Gecko from the movie Wall Street. I wanted to be the financier, greed is good. You know, I wanted to have the mansion, the cars and the boats. I'm not saying all those things are bad, but when your sole purpose in life is to accumulate wealth and, and to accumulate materialistic things, you're not on a good path. And I was, I was in a dark, dark place. And that's really changed and morphed over time. You know, my family, God bless them. They, they were there for me when I was not there for myself. And I basically ruined every relationship that I've ever had. And they've accepted me back with open arms. They call me new Jason now. So my family is a huge influence on me. Externally, it's, uh, it's guys like Jocko. It's, it's, you know, all these military guys who, who instill the, the discipline mindset. It, it, it's really going through the hard things, wading through the suck. You know, if you look at these Navy SEALs, right, you're always, you always have a buddy. You always have a swim buddy. You don't need to go it alone. So you need to shape your board of directors internally and externally. We could be that for you at jump above boundaries. Hmm. Nailed it, man. You're nailing, you're killing this. They're in the very near future. No one's going to consider you just an average Joe. You're going to be the Jocko for somebody else that he was for you. You and have that's all I want to do. If I could help just one person, this whole journey, this whole transformational journey that I've been on being in my hell, coming out of hell, you know, rising up, like the Phoenix through the ashes. If I could be that for just one person, then all of it was worth it because now I have this, this new path and journey I'm on in life where it's about helping each other. It's about bettering the world. And if, if my story resonates with anybody with just one person, it'll all be worth it. I've literally said the same thing that if I helped one person fight for themselves, every dollar, every hour, every minute, every bit of time I have spent on this podcast is worth it. Did we just become best friends? <laughs> Did we just become best friends? <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad you said that. That's so funny. <laughs> All right. So 
I don't. We might have to do another part, second episode, man. This might get go get going a little long, but the next, thing, I want to ask you. So, the people you surround you yourself with are going to have very similar values, right? They should. And, yeah. Well, if you're going to improve yourself, it, they you're going to put yourself around people that ha- that values things that you value. There was a time in my life I didn't know what I valued, and I, I imagine you can probably say the same thing. Mm-hmm. How do we find out what we value most? That is a great question. You basically have to you have to do some deep searching. You have to do some some soul searching. And I can promise you, and I can tell you throughout this transformational journey that I've been on that hopefully will help some people. You know, I had to go through some dark moments, and and I had to go do some deep deep, you know, introspective searching and do some soul searching and find the true root cause of what my, my issues were. Once you go through and dig down and peel back that onion layer by layer, that's when you find your true values. And you, people know, like people know, every, every step in life is a series of choices. You can make a good choice or a bad choice. That's all it is, that's all life is. And, and you know, whenever you're, you're faced with a fork in the road, the, the, the good path may be not the, the easiest path. So you got to go through, you got to, you got to do some deep, deep introspective soul searching. You have to get down to that root, root layer, that root cause. And, you know, some people may be lost in life. They may just be, you know, paddling out to sea, you know, and, and just lost. And that's okay because it's through that journey where you're going to find your true destination. You're going to find the true growth and you're going to find the values that you believe in and honor the most. My, my aunt and uncle have been saying that I'm really close with so close. In fact, that I named my son and daughter after them. The middle names are after my aunt and uncle. And they're probably some, I enjoy spending, if I could pick anybody in the world to spend time with, it's the, the, them too. Unfortunately, they live clear on the other side of the country. Um, recently I was, we were visiting with them and they kept repeating and I didn't understand why they said, everyone gets what they need. And I've thought about that. I'm like, how is that possible? And you're talking about this. If you're lost in, at, at sea, you, that's what you need. If you are, once you decide to start recognizing you're, you've, you're getting what you need. So you start having gratitude for everything that you've been through. So I can only, I can't speak for you, but I can only speak for myself. All the pain the suffering, the sadness, the loneliness, the hopelessness, the anger, everything that I went through that whole entire experience, I would not change it. I would not take it back. And I've recognized that it's, I got what I needed and it truly was a blessing in my life because it has put me, led me to this very second in my life where we're having this conversation. I literally say the exact same thing. I wouldn't. <laughs> I mean, this seems like a, a common theme throughout this episode. What I usually tell people is when they ask me if I have any regrets, my answer is no. I would not change a thing about my past because I had to go through those hard times. I had to embrace the suck. I had to go through that journey to get to where I'm at today. I wouldn't, I wouldn't wish what I went through on my worst enemy because it was not easy. It was not fun. It was dark. It was scary. It was lonely, you know, suffering through things like, you know, 
mental health issues is a real thing. And I've learned that my struggle defines me. That's what makes me who I am today. And I wouldn't change it for a second because it's gotten me to the path where I'm on today. You got what you needed. I sure did. And every day is still a struggle. I'm still looking yeah. for what I need every single day. And I'm not trying to sit here and say, you know, life is all rainbows and unicorns. Every day is still a struggle. Every day is a struggle to, to put one foot in front of the other, but I'm just well equipped now through my past experiences that I know how to deal with this and I know how to overcome adversity and I know how to struggle. I know how to go through the hard times and I embrace that now. You embrace the suck. Yeah. I, the reason why I asked you where you heard that from was I knew it was a military term. Yeah. And uh, uh, when I got to basic training, I was like one of the first things they told us. I remember day one, we were doing push-ups. And uh, how long do you, th you think, like how long would they make me do push-ups for? It can't be more than 10 minutes, right? We did push-ups for an hour and 20 minutes. And to the point where I was lifting my shoulders off the ground, my head. Yeah, just bobbing you know? your head. Yeah, and it's just laying. And I mean, you think about the uniform and how thick it is that thing was drenched as if I jumped in a swimming pool and I was laying in a pool of my sweat. And I remember looking at the clock, counting the time and it hit an hour. I was like, they got to stop at an hour. No hour and five minutes. Like they can't, they, they won't go any longer. And every minute I was like, are you freaking kidding me? I was like, this guy is sadistic. This drill sergeant <laughs> is wicked. Man, he likes seeing people struggle. And I think maybe he did like seeing people struggle because he knew what he was doing. He knew he was building us to be resilient. And when that hour and 20-minute mark stopped or hit and we stopped, I, I did not appreciate what he, the gift that he had given me. So... Drill Sergeant Riley, if you are out there somewhere, and it's been 12 years since I've seen you, thank you for forcing me to embrace the suck. Thank you. <laughs> Just put that out there. Um, he, he knew he had, to, he had to break you down and then build you back up. And that's what you were doing. You were doing it minute by minute. All you had to do was focus on that one push-up, getting through that one push-up, and then the next, and then the next. And you kept moving that needle further and further and further until you did something you probably didn't even think you could do doing push-ups yeah. for straight for an hour and 20 minutes. But you accomplished the goal. You waded through the suck and you never quit. And now looking back on it, you realize the benefit that he gave you. Yeah, it was a valuable lesson. It was a blessing that he gave us. And it's funny because I still have some friends from basic training and we always go back to that story. And, uh, so I, I hadn't seen my, any of these drill sergeants or heard from them and since I left. And uh, it's funny because just yesterday, last night, um, I was on Facebook and it said, uh, people you may know. And there was one of my three drill sergeants. And I was like, no way. Wow. <laughs> and so uh, I sent him a message and uh, our, our, uh, our platoon, not the platoon, the company motto was scouts out. Um, it had to do with cavalry scouts and the scouts when they, when they go before they, when they receive their orders, they say scouts out and they would go do it and they accomplish their mission regardless of the cost. So we always, anytime we didn't say the answer you gave the drill sergeant was scouts out. 
and when they said go do it, you, you didn't say okay. You said scouts out. So you'd say right. So I sent him a message. that said scouts out, drill sergeant. How you been, man? Uh, or as you used to call us, you freaking crazies. He's uh, <laughs> he's what are you doing? You freaking crazy? And it's just what he calls us. You freaking crazy? And uh, he messaged me back and he's like freaking crazies. Yeah, that was a good one. <laughs> but, but but it's funny that all of us is coming together at the same time. But uh, th- that at that time in my life, probably doing push-ups for an hour and twenty minutes was mentally, physically, and emotionally the hardest thing that I had endured and completed. And I look back at that now like, yeah, I don't want to do push-ups for an hour and 20 minutes. That sucks. I know what that's like. But I have so much more life experience that has happened that my my level of resiliency, I look back on basic training like, damn, that was fun. I'd go again. And at the time, I was just like, oh, you want to go home? I want to see my wife. This sucks. I hate this. And uh, I think that that experience relates to addiction too, right? When you're, in the, when you're in the suck, when it sucks so bad that you just see no purpose in it and, and, and you become angry. And, um, but if you use that fuel or that anger as fuel, you will move so fast. You'll hit, you'll, you'll get out of that so fast, but you've got to find a way to channel that anger into a positive force because anger, if not used properly, will utterly destroy everything. So how do you use anger as your anger? How do you use your anger as jet fuel? (laughs) So I, I found this out later on in my life, I used to be the kid that was the hothead who would fly off the handle, who would wear my emotions on my sleeve. And I didn't realize that those traits are okay. So long as you internalize those. And now I use that as my motivation. This is literally what I tell my clients. So this is another thing where we're connected on. Um, what, what it's really just trying to find the good in every single situation. You know, you have to try and find, you know, you have to look for it a little harder to find the positive out of every single situation. But now I use that anger. I use that addictive mentality and I flipped it on its head. It's no longer a crutch for me. It is now my jet fuel. It is now what I use to help and inspire people because I built this, this whole jump above boundaries coaching brand for this specific reason, because I've been through the difficult times I, I I've endured probably a, a fair share more than, you know, people should endure in their life. I've just been essentially bouncing from addiction to addiction to addiction. And once I realized that the, an addictive mentality is okay, so long as it's directed in the right manner, that's when things started changing for me because I'm not anymore looked at as the guy who's flying off the handle or screaming at people I'm much more subdued now. I'm much more measured in my tone and and realizing that, you know, words and actions, you know, have meaning. And once I realized that I needed to internalize that, flip that on its head, that's when things started changing. Let's talk about winning. What, What does it mean for you to win? Winning to me is everything. And I don't say that from a conceited or an ego maniacal way. What I want to do is win every second of every day 
because that's how I stack wins on top of each other. And that's how my days become better. All I have to do is focus on winning and conquering each second of every day. Seconds will then stack into minutes, which stack into hours, which stack into days, weeks, months, years. Next thing I know, I'm conquering and I'm overcoming and I'm winning. So winning is everything. Winning, winning builds, breeds success because as you're building and stacking, the momentum starts to build. Things start organically happening. So all you have to do is break things down into bite-sized chunks, focus on winning just that small 1% incremental task you have in front of you. The rest will take care of itself. Dude, it's spot on, man. Right? As you were going through your push-ups, all you had to focus on was not the fact that you're doing push-ups for an hour and 20 minutes. You just had to focus on that one push-up. And when you were done with that, focus on doing that one. And then that one. It's the people who look at the overall goal and step out of their three-foot mm-hmm. world. They get overwhelmed mm-hmm. and they're going to fail and they're not going to achieve their goals. So what you need to do is you need to stay in your, in your, in your lane, stay in your three feet world, focus on what you can, you can control because there's so much outside of our control these days. Focus on the things that you can control, focus on stacking wins and they're going to stack on each other, stack on each other until you're, you're a success. I think it was uh, the soccer player, Messi, who said it took me 20 years to become an overnight sensation. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, all he was focused on was stacking wins but all people see is the destination, not the journey. So you just got to focus on winning. Winning's everything. Yeah. So I'm looking at this quote here from uh, Jason Van Camp's book, Deliberate Discomfort. Um, I'm going to post a link to this, how to purchase this in in the show notes. Um, it's right. It is, what we're saying is is what he's saying too. It's, it's how to be successful. Uh, but this is what he says. We're going to win and we are not putting a timeline on it. If we never quit, we never fail. And uh, I love that. That so is what, so powerful. Never, if you never quit, you'll never fail and you always win. Uh, and he talks about, and there's another quote in here, I'm going to butcher it, but he says, uh, one of his soldiers said, uh, he said, we practice until we get this right. And he said, sir, we don't practice until we get it right. We practice until we can't get it wrong. That, that is powerful. And that's turning everything on its head and just looking for the positive and the good that's coming out of every single situation. Yeah. yeah. If, if you see the good in the situation, in the suck, you're winning. If you see the good in the failure, of your task and yourself or whatever you're trying to accomplish. If you find, see the good and see how you can use that to learn and become better and not repeat that mistake, you're winning. So I think the way you win is you be accountable for every decision that you make. And when you hold yourself accountable, when you really hold yourself accountable, you make a deliberate plan to avoid that ever happening again. I think that's the beginning of, of how to win. What are your thoughts? What else, what else does it take to win? It takes a never quit mindset. I mean, this just goes back. This is just going back every step of the way to the discipline model. This is going back to jump above boundaries and, and what we're building out and what we're helping our clients with every day. I mean, winning is the key to everything. Winning is what builds success, what, what fuels success, what keeps success going. I can promise you though, like when I was going through my journey, I wasn't looking at it like this. Like 
when you're in the suck, it's tough to detach sometimes and see the good in the situation. But, you know, as time has passed and, and I've made it out the other side, I finally realized that, yeah, that was a deep, dark time in my life. I've been to, you know, the bottom of the barrel. I've been to the deepest, darkest abysses you can imagine. But it's after I took some time to reflect, look back on it, I knew that I grew in that moment and I took some good out of those situations. And, and like I keep saying, I wouldn't trade it for the world. I wouldn't wish anyone go through it. And I know a lot of people are going through it. And that's why I created Jump Above Boundaries because I just want to help one person. If I can help one person, everything was worth it. Jason, I think you said everything I've wanted to say in this episode throughout the entire journey of me being on this podcast. You summarized it. You nailed it. You knocked this out of the park, brother. We'll wrap this up here just because uh, of time. And I know it's late back in New York now. It's about 1130 at night. And I can't thank you enough for reaching out to me. But um, I want to ask you one last question. And that is, if after this podcast and a month from now I came to you and I said, Jason, I can't do anymore. I think I'm going to kill myself. How, what would your response to me be? Don't make a permanent decision to a temporary solution. It gets better. I've been there multiple times. I've lost multiple people in my life who I'm close, who I was closest with. My best friend committed suicide. Do not make a permanent decision to a temporary problem. It gets better. You just need to know you don't need to go it alone. You could call me any time of night. I've been there and I thought I was going through it alone. You don't need to go it alone. There's people out there. You don't need to suffer in silence. I mean, this is becoming a, a huge prevalent issue in our society today. I, if I could help one person step off the ledge, I'll do whatever I have to do to help you. Call me anytime of night, text me. Do not, do not make a rash decision in the moment because I promise you it gets better. And the only way up, the only way left to go is up from here. And your future is bright because once you hit your rock bottom, you have to make a change. And if you're ready to make a change, your path is going to go on a trajectory that's going towards the moon. So realize in that moment that you need to be strong. You need to, you need to find and summon the courage to not make the wrong decision and you don't need to go it alone there's people out there for you i'm here for you and we'd love to help you don't don't make a, a wrong decision I, I neglected to thank you for saying that man um i'm right there with you i all of my contact information is available on instagram it's on my facebook page um my website if you want to quit and you don't want to fight anymore, you feel like you can't get up off the ground again, call me, call Jason, call his team. Not only will we stand in your corner, but we will fight for you. We'll move you out of the way 
and we will fight for you until you're able to fight for yourself and then be able to fight for others. We're going to do this together. We're going to do this through discipline and we're going to do it out of love because you don't fight for somebody else if you don't love them. And uh, I, I think I speak for you too, Jason. If someone comes to ask you for help, you love them. Absolutely. All right, man. Dude, thanks so much for your time. We're going to have to have you on again. I don't know, man. This is exciting. This has been awesome. I feel gratitude. I feel empowered. I feel as if I've had this fire burning and I needed someone to come bring the right type of fuel to add to it. And you brought that fuel. And my fire is brighter and stronger and hotter than it's been in a long time. So thank you so much for your time. It's been an absolute honor and a pleasure. And, you know, I can't thank you enough for responding to a cold call and, uh, you know, not making assumptions right off the bat and, and, and giving this kid a chance because, you know, average Joes need help too. And, and we're here for you. Absolutely. We are here for you. Reach out to us if you need us. Find uh, Jason on, uh, on Instagram. Jump above boundaries. Uh, your, what's your website? Uh, Instagram's the best place right now. Just that okay. jump above boundaries. You could hit us up there. DM us. Like I said earlier, if you need to talk, we're here. We give everyone a complimentary 30-minute consultation session, and uh, we'd love to work with you. So come aboard. If you're ready to make a change, we're here for you. Even if you're not, even if you don't know if you're ready to make a change, we could be your accountability buddy, and we can make sure you're on the path towards greatness. Uh, just check out his content on there. It's good. It's uplifting. That'll help you decide if you want to make a change with him and his team or not. Uh, but thank you for your time. And Jason, we'll talk again soon. Absolutely. Thanks again. Hey guys, be sure to follow the Metal Mentality Podcast on social media. And as always, if you find value in the show, please leave a review and rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts. But more importantly, share this podcast with someone you know who would benefit from the messages from the guests on each episode. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Metal Mentality.